1: Hi, this is Jimmy Evans with Marriage Today. This podcast is dedicated to equipping families with the teaching and tools they need to succeed. We hope you enjoy this episode and subscribe for more marriage building content. Sex and friendship are like two wings on the same bird. And your marriage cannot soar unless it has both. It takes both. And the deeper you grow in that intimacy, that friendship with each other then also the deeper you're going to grow in the sexual aspect of your relationship. The sexual part of your relationship, it doesn't happen in a vacuum. It's not just an act. God intended it to be this spiritual, this emotional, this physical connecting, this binding together as one. And we see this all the way back at the very, very beginning with God's original intent for marriage. In Genesis chapter 2, he paints this picture for us.
0: That's right. He talks about Adam and Eve being naked and unashamed. And it's just this beautiful picture of a husband and a wife having no secrets from each other, right? And they're physically naked, so there's the sexual component there. But there's also no secrets, and there's no shame involved, and there's this beautiful friendship between each other.
1: And and that's still what God intends today. You know, that verse in Genesis chapter 2 that says, The man and his wife were naked and without shame. In that one verse, you see both sex and friendship. You know, the physical nakedness obviously representing the, the sexual intimacy in a marriage. But also nakedness in the Bible represents transparency. It represents trust and vulnerability. It represents not wearing any masks. And they were without shame, which shows the acceptance that they had for one another, the love and the trust and the adoration. That's the friendship part. From the very beginning, this was God's design. And we're convinced that the best marriages are between best friends. And if you wanna have a better marriage, invest in your friendship with your spouse. And here's the part we don't talk about enough. If you wanna have a better sex life, Invest in your friendship with your spouse. And in just kind of a very basic way, we want to illustrate what that looks like with this, this furniture on the, on the stage. Because the way that we see it, there are three main dynamics or postures that a marriage can be in. And the first is when both of you are sitting here together yes. on what we call the love seat. All right. And That's the love right. seat isn't just the physical love seat. A love seat represents where love lives. It's where you're connected together. It's where you're unified, where you're serving each other's needs, and uh, it's, it's the place where God wants your marriage to live.
0: Exactly. Like right here, we, we, we are having total transparency and honesty and that vulnerability of having what we like to refer to as is a naked marriage, where you are naked in every way emotionally, that you're bearing all to one another and trusting each other with that knowledge of whatever it is that you're telling each other, and you're making decisions in a unified fashion, that you're, you're doing everything together. And so this is, you know, we want as, as a marriage, God wants us to stay in this love seat. He wants us to have a love seat kind of marriage, where we're doing everything together and making all of our decisions together and truly loving one another and serving one another.
1: Yeah. And then in the, in the actual love seat, there are other things you can do too. You know, it doesn't yes. have to just happen in a bed. I'm just saying like there's a lot that can happen on a love seat, including yes. cuddling. All right. You know, okay. I think I'm the cuddler in the family. And he so whenever is, I get is. close to Ashley, like I want to just throw my leg on her. I just want to wrap her up in this cocoon of love. He does. And just like hold her tight. And I, I have cuddle needs. You know, sometimes I'll say like, look, I'll, I'll give you all the sex you want. Just hold me. I just, I just. It's true. I just need to be held. I know I, I have needs. Just hold me he and does. tell me it's going to be okay. In fact, out in the XO shop, there's a shirt that says extreme cuddler. And it was only for women, which I was deeply offended by. Because he was offended. Because that's. Yes. That's, that's my, my love language. It's
0: true. Okay, how many of you are, are non-cuddlers? Raise your hands high, because I'm a non-cuddler. And it's, I know you're resistant. It's okay. We can admit this. We can admit this. No, God okay. rarely
1: puts two cuddlers <laughs> in the same marriage because they wouldn't do anything else. You'd get nothing it's done. That's true. true. And so.
0: But it's not that I don't. I love, I love to cuddle with Dave in small doses. But when I go to bed. You are
1: such a liar. Like, okay. In front of all I'm these sorry. people. <laughs> in front of God. And all these simulcasts, <laughs> like I need, you need and to and repent cuddle. right now. Honesty is a big part of this. No, you, you do. you?
0: I, I will meet those cuddle needs, right? I will try to meet his cuddle needs. But when, when I go to bed at night, and maybe for a lot of you non-cuddlers, this is kind of the same situation. When I go to bed, I just want to have some space, and I don't want to be hot, okay? Like, Dr. <laughs> Oz, okay, yes, yes, let's clap for that. <laughs> let's clap for some peaceful sleep, right? All you
1: clappers need to repent. <laughs> need to repent right now.
0: <laughs> but you know, we want some peaceful sleep because honestly, peaceful sleep will do wonders for your marriage, right? But it's, you know, I get so hot. And Dr. Oz himself says that you should not be hot when you sleep. And he feels like he's a filthy liar. Dr. But, you Oz, know.
1: you are a wretched, <laughs> filthy man. It has ruined my marriage. No, I'm sure you're a very fine person. Oh,
0: goodness. No, but we, we are so, fans of the couch so, for many reasons so and the love seat. The love seat. It's yes. where
1: you're together. But there, there's, a set, there's another dynamic. And yes. that's where you both end up in these individual chairs, okay? These are, the, these are the me seats. This is where a marriage gets when both people are doing their own thing. It's not about ours anymore, it's about his and hers. You know, my time, my career, my hobbies, my pursuits. And you kind of start drifting apart. Like if we were accurately illustrating it, when you're in the me seat, there'd be wheels on these seats and you'd be slowly drifting further away. And you might come back together in that love seat, but it's only for practical purposes for partnership. Well, we've gotta come together to do things with the kids, or maybe we come together for the physical act of sex, but then we retreat back to our own seats. And sometimes you're in the same room, but you're in completely different worlds. You're on two different phones looking at two different things, and you're just wrapped up in two different worlds. And both of you can subtly blame the other person for the reason why you're not in the love seat anymore.
0: It's so true, and you know, I think this is a very easy place to live in a marriage. I think so many marriages are living in the his and her seats, and you know, they're kind of, like Dave said, they, they may go to the love seat for certain things. Maybe they, like, go and have sex, and they're in the love seat for that, but then really in every other way, emotionally, they're completely disconnected, and, and we're just missing out on really the best part of marriage. We're missing out on that beautiful connection that God wants us to have with one another, but we live in a culture that says, you know, you really can't trust anybody, you really can't, not even your spouse. You need to kind of have an exit strategy because it's not gonna work. And so we, we kind of harbor this in our hearts and it makes us miles apart and it makes us think, well, I can take care of all these things myself. You know, I might go to love seat for maybe a few things. Maybe we parent together, but I, you know, in every other way, I'm gonna stay in my seat. And there's no room, there's no room for your spouse in this seat, right, it's just you. And that's just no way to live.
1: It's not. And then there's one other dynamic in marriage. And this one can be the most difficult and the most heartbreaking of all. And it's where one spouse is in the love seat. And one spouse is in his or her own chair. There's one spouse that's saying, I, I'm willing to do everything I can for my marriage. God, I'm praying for my spouse. I'm praying for my marriage. I'm, I'm trying to serve them. I'm trying to do everything right. And yet I feel like I'm in this marriage alone. I might physically be sitting next to that person right now, but it's as if they're miles away. And that can be the most heartbreaking scenario of all.
0: It is, because you know, you might be sitting here right now and you're wondering, well, where are we? Are we in the love seat? Are we in the his and her seats? Or is one of us in the love seat and one of us in the his and her seats? And as you think about this, if you feel like you are that spouse that's in the love seat and you're reading all the marriage books, you're, you're the one who drug your spouse to this conference, okay? I just wanna tell you, and there are some of you in this room, I know. I know that that's maybe where you are, but there, there is hope for you. And we're gonna yep. kind of unpack this more in our talk today, but there is hope for you. And I'm so glad that you're here. And this is one step in the right direction. This is one step getting closer to that love seat together.
1: And so how, how do you get back to this place in a way that helps your sex life, obviously, but enhances the intimacy in every part of your life? Because intimacy isn't just physical. It isn't just sexual. sexual. It, it connects on all levels. And the Bible gives us a roadmap for this. And so there, there are a few things specifically we're called to do. The first one, if you wanna have an absolute passionate, intimate connection with your spouse. If you want the naked marriage that we've been talking about, I think the very first thing you have to commit to is total and complete honesty. Honesty, transparency, that's a picture of nakedness. And you have to get naked emotionally. You have to get naked emotionally before you can really get fully naked physically the way God intended. Or else sex is just gonna be an act. It's just gonna be mechanical when God wants you to connect on such a deeper level. And so the depth of your honesty with each other will ultimately determine the depth of your intimacy with each other. Those two things are inextricably interconnected. You can't have secrets and intimacy at the same time in a marriage.
0: Exactly, and you know, sometimes there's things in your life that maybe, maybe happened to you before you entered the marriage that you haven't really shared with your spouse. And sometimes it's things that you did on purpose, and sometimes it's things that happened to you that you had, it was no fault of your own. And, and maybe you've hid those things from your spouse because you're embarrassed. And so we wanna share some stats with you as to what that looks like.
1: Yeah, just just to visualize what some of us have been through in a way that can have deep and lasting scars um, that affect the sexual aspect of our marriage and and affect us deeply in other ways as well. And so both in in this room here at Gateway and in our simulcast locations, you can participate. If you are a woman who was born in the month of January or February, I want you to stand up real quick. A woman born in the month of January or February all around this room. Okay, this is, this is the most heartbreaking statistic that we'll share. Uh, there's been a lot of research done on this. This is approximately one in six women in this room. One in six women, if this room holds true to the national averages, one in six women have been the victim of sexual abuse at some point in their life. You ladies can sit down. One in six women with, with, with tears in their eyes could raise their hands and say, me too. You know, someone at some point in my life use this gift of sex that God intended to be such a beautiful and safe and special thing. And it was used as a weapon against me. It was used as a weapon against my will. And what that can do to just, just wreak havoc on a person's mind. I mean, it's not just women, by the way, there've been 18 million women in the United States victims of sexual abuse. There've been 3 million men who at some point in their life have been victims of sexual abuse. There would be men in this room who would stand up as well. And those scars can be deep and long-lasting, but what we found is so often, people try to deal with those scars on their own and sometimes don't even talk to their spouse about that, the pain that they're still dealing with over that.
0: It's so true. I mean, if you feel like maybe there's a, I don't know, a wall built up between you and your spouse, you know, usually it, there is some kind of underlying issue going on. And so if you're listening to us today and you're like, you know, I never, I never shared that I was sexually abused with my spouse, I just encourage you to go home and really share that with your spouse. And and, and if the spouse, if you're the spouse listening, hearing your spouse confess this to you, to say this is part of my past, listen intently, and then help your spouse find the counseling and the help that they need to find that healing. Because those wounds, you know, they're wounds that don't heal on their own. I mean, they need, you have to have counseling and help with this, and and have to realize that it it was of no fault of your own. And And that your spouse, you know, just because someone abused you in the past Your spouse isn't going to abuse you, and you can trust them. But this is a process, and this is something that we can bring into the marriage that can really, really hurt our sex life.
1: And and we need to be willing to get counseling, to do whatever we need to do. But anything in your marriage that you feel like, I'm gonna deal with this on my own. This is part of my past, I'm gonna deal with this on my own. The moment you start thinking like that, you know where you end up? You end up in the me chair. Even though you're doing it to protect your spouse. You're saying, I don't wanna burden him, I don't wanna burden her with that. But what happens is you're drifting apart, you're creating walls, you're sitting down in the me chair, Instead of meeting together in the love seat, that safe place of connection and saying, let's work through this together. All right, share a few more of these stats. Okay, if you're a man, if you're a man born in January, February, March, April, May, June, July, stand up, and and August.
0: And August. Get on up.
1: Yeah. All right. This is the most devastating, uh, disappointing rather stat that that we'll share. And I would like to say that in this room, the stats are completely different and this isn't accurate in this room. I would like to say that. But according to Barna Research, Barna, the most trusted name in Christian statistics and polling, Barna Research, their most recent in-depth study of this said that among men who claim to be Christian, claim to be Christian, 64% of men almost two-thirds, represented by the number of men standing in this room, view pornography at least once a month. Yep. Almost two out of three. Okay, you guys can sit down. Guys, we've got to do better. There is no greater enemy of true intimacy than pornography. And, and I'm not coming to you guys just as, as somebody judging you because this, as we shared from this stage last year, this is, this is a sin that I have struggled with in my life. I was one of the 95% of American children exposed to pornography before I turned 18. I was a teenager, saw porn. It, it, it made impressions in my mind and heart, just like wet cement that hardened over time and shaped the view, my view of sexuality and created this, this sort of secret addiction that I thought I could handle on my own. I didn't follow the biblical roadmap for, for healing or repentance or any of that. I just thought, I'm going to deal with this on my own and then it, it bled over into our marriage. After we were married about a year, I, I, I fell back into it, and now I understood what Jesus taught about lust, lusting after someone, being an act of infidelity of the heart. And he's called us not only to physical monogamy, but mental monogamy. And anytime we're fantasizing about someone other than our spouse, we are, we are opening the door for pure evil into our marriage. It's gonna sabotage not only our sex life, but it's gonna sabotage our mind, our heart, and every other part of our marriage. And we. We, in the church, we men who claim to be Christian, we've gotta lead the way of just saying there is no place for this. And there's a growing number of women too uh, that, that are getting into pornography. Some couples watch it together. They say it's no big deal, it's entertainment. We've gotta call it what it is, which is a sin. We've gotta call it a sin and we've gotta get it out yeah. of our lives. There's no place for it in our marriages. And if this is an issue for you, then you need, to, you need to confess it. I think maybe one of the most awkward but important conversations you could have as a result of this weekend is to look your spouse in the eye and say, I, I, I've been looking at pornography. Right. And I wanna repent of that, I wanna confess to that, I wanna get accountability in place, and I wanna do whatever I, I can do to rebuild your trust and to get this out of our life. It's something that you're doing together, you need to repent together to God and say we're gonna get this out out of our lives.
0: And so if your spouse comes to you after this conference and says I've been looking at porn or, or whatever it is they confess, please, please resist the urge to go into those his and her seats. Please lean in and deal with this in the left seat together. That's
1: right. And, and get ready because porn, porn itself, one final thing on it, what it does is it puts you back in the me seat. Yep. It makes sex all about me. It does. Yeah. My needs, my desires, my gratification. It totally removes your spouse from the equation. And it puts you over here where you're like, I'm just going to take care of my own needs. And time that you're over that me seat, you're you're sabotaging your marriage. Okay, we're going to do just two two more quick ones. We'll do these, these quicker. Okay, if you are a woman in this room...
0: This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want?
1: Every woman, unless your birthday is on the first day of the month, if your day, birthday is on the first day of the month, like my lovely bride born yes. March 1st, Coming up. Uh, you stay seated if you're on the first day, but every other woman, which should be 97% of women, please stand up. 97%.
0: That's
1: a lot. 97%. Look at all these ladies. Okay, guys, Glamour Magazine recently did a nationwide survey of hundreds of thousands of their readers, and they found that 97% of women reported at least some level of insecurity about their appearance or their body. Yeah. Okay, you beautiful ladies can have a seat. You got no reason to be insecure. You're looking fine.
0: You're that's good. right.
1: You're looking real good.
0: Y'all are beautiful. That's right. He's got that's good. <laughs> no, you know, ladies, when when we were going through these statistics, I looked at Dave and I was like, Absolutely. I'm surprised it's not 100% because I just feel like we live in a culture where you know we see everybody's highlight reels on social media and on TV. We see like the best, right? We see airbrush things in magazines. And, and so then we, we look at ourselves and we think, oh my goodness, I'm less than, I'm not good enough. And, and it just really wreaks havoc on our sex life because if you're not feeling beautiful, if you're not feeling pretty, it's really hard to get in the romantic mood. And so guys, you have such power here with your wife. In yes. some ways that you can really help her out in this is just calling out her beauty, not only physically, but all the other things, her heart, what's beautiful inside and out, and tell her that you are fascinated by her, that you are so glad that you married her and that she's not your old lady or your ball and chain. Like, I hate those comments. You're never I, having
1: sex again. You're not.
0: You're you like not doing it, okay?
1: Talking to her that it way. It is
0: so bad, okay? And, and like things like, guys, if you struggle with seeing the pretty woman running past you, in the neighborhood, that's gonna kill your wife's heart. That breaks her heart every time you do that. So watch where your eyes go. And guys, things like porn, like we just talked about, that breaks her heart. That makes her feel like she's not good enough. That makes her feel like she's not attractive enough. And so really, really build her up in that way.
1: Yeah, so true guys. One final one for you guys, every man, just men, every man stand up, every man. All right, now these are the guys that for all of these we, we've, there, there's a bunch we haven't talked about, things that can really affect your sex life. Exhaustion, depression, yep. anxiety, financial stress, uh, things that all of us deal with. But this represents the approximate percentage of men in this room who, despite all of that baggage and all of that exhaustion, are still really hoping to have sex tonight, <laughs> right? So, so <laughs> you guys can and sit women down. women too, women yeah. too, yeah. So today
0: we've been talking about friendship and marriage.
1: And it really is the key, isn't it? Absolutely. I mean, the, the strongest marriages are between best friends. Mm-hmm. And I love that image of the love seat versus the me seat. And maybe you'd never uh, heard it that way. You know, that when we first kind of thought about it that way, it changed the way we saw it. Am I sitting in that love seat representing that I have room for my spouse, where I can put their needs ahead of my own, where I'm, I'm sitting on a foundation of God's love and I'm resting in him, even when I'm ne- not necessarily feeling like my needs are being met in the marriage. That I'm not treating my spouse the way my spouse treats me. I'm treating my spouse the way God treats me. And when we have that mindset and we're in that love seat, it changes everything. It gives us peace, even in the midst of the struggles. But when we get to those me seats, which is where all of us are prone to get, we we get selfish and we, we become kind of victims and we're pointing the finger at each other. And man, nobody wins in that kind of game.
0: That's right. You know we got to stay in the me seat in every way through everything. I think the sometimes, I'm sorry, in the love <laughs> seat. Yes, of course, in the love seat. Because I think I think we can say, you know, oh, well, we're going through most of our marriage in the love seat, but I want to handle this one thing in the me seat. And we really can't do that. We need to go through everything, every season, the good, the bad, and the ugly in the love seat, because we're leaning on one another and having God as the foundation, like we described, that he is the very foundation of the love seat. And so we've got we've got to stay there, but that takes great intentionality.
1: It really does, because I think that there's this natural mindset where sometimes we'll go to that me seat thinking we're protecting each other. Right. We're saying, you know, you might say, well, I'm going to deal with this on my own because I don't want my spouse to have to deal with this issue. This is my issue from from work or my issue from my past, and I want to deal with this on my own. But whenever you block your spouse out of any part of your life, what's happening is you're building an invisible wall there. And whether you mean to or not, you're, you're drifting away. You're allowing Satan to get a foothold to kind of put a barrier between the two of you when God wants to remove all barriers and break every chain that's that's separating you. And so that's why you've gotta keep coming back to that love seat with total honesty, total transparency, with whatever the issue might be. Say, let's face this together. And to say, and this is the hardest part because we're human beings and we can be selfish, but to say, I wanna give you my best even when you're at your worst. And you've done this for me so many times. You've given me your best when I was, I know I was unlovable and you loved me anyway. And it was in those moments that I think that my heart softened and our marriage grew the most because you were modeling for me what I knew that I needed to be doing as well as a spouse. And I think that the strongest marriages take both spouses being willing to do that for each other.
0: That's right. We really have to choose to be in the love seat together. And I believe that you can choose that too. And here at Marriage Today, we want to help you do that. You know, Marriage Today is a great place where you can really receive true marriage help that will help you to make these lasting changes. So please go to marriagetoday.com. You can view more videos on Facebook and YouTube. We hope that you do that so that you can have the marriage that you that is awesome and strong and staying in the left seat. We hope to see you next time.
1: We hope you've enjoyed today's podcast and we wanna let you know about another marriage podcast with Dave and Ashley Willis called Naked Marriage, where they talk about real and raw marriage topics like sex, communication, openness, and more in a fun, lighthearted atmosphere. Search for Naked Marriage with Dave and Ashley Willis in iTunes and start listening today.